Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to part two with Natalie Jo Flynn. In episode 50, part one, Natalie spoke to us about her challenges with alcohol, going to jail, accepting herself, and pushing everyone else away. What a raw and honest episode that was. If you haven't heard episode 50, you can go back to that and listen to that first before you get into this one. We are going to be talking with Natalie Joe again today. Natalie Joe is a dual certified nurse practitioner, certified health coach, founder of Move That Mountain Health Life Coaching. In this episode, you will hear Natalie Joe speak about turning your thoughts from why me to why not me. I'm just as powerful as everybody else. She will speak to you about the steps of identifying your new identity. She will speak to you about safety, shelter, security, all the things that are needed to move forward. We also talk about what it's like to be part of a community. And I discuss how I felt walking into my first CBT anxiety class. I'm very honored that Natalie Jo has been so honest with us. Um, It's through this honesty and through this um, very important message and the way that she tells her story that will help other people. We've all been there. We've all felt um, in one way or another that we're suffering alone. We've all had struggles identifying um, with ourselves. And I just, I hope that you're really going to connect with this episode today. So without further ado, we'll get started and continue where we left off. Enjoy. And please remember the giving starts with you. What do we say to the person that is listening and they are just, just went through something terrible, mm-hmm. just went mm-hmm. through something just awful. And they are just beside themselves. Maybe they lost their spouse or a, a child or whatever it is. A, a loss is huge or a, a, a chronic illness. I think a, a devastation. Yeah. And then that creates the loneliness when the, when their identity is so wrapped up into what they've just lost and they don't know who they are. How do we, how do we get going now? Okay. It's like all this explosion just happened to me. My whole world was just wiped out from underneath me. And here I stand naked and afraid. And I'm just like, what do I do now? Like a drenched, I could just imagine like a little drenched person in the rain, just like, what do I do now? I've got nothing or nowhere to go. And, and then just taking that 
the fact that you ask that question, now what, mm. is so huge. That is, I think, the, the, the game changer because the awareness is still there. You're not gone. You're still there. But you're like, now what? At asking, least asking for help, asking for the next right. step. Almost like that. If that was the last thing you could get out of your mouth, and then it's like whatever it was, the loss or whatever it was, the trauma that you've just gone through and saying, okay, where do I go from here? And it, it sounds simple to say, okay, you're standing in the rain, take a step forward towards, towards shelter. But the question would be like, what do I need to do first? What do I need to... Like, what are the steps that someone can take? Yeah. The steps to defining your new Id identity, uh, what you have left. Um, but then I think finding the identity is the important part. And I think believing that your identity can change as you grow. But it's, it's not the same thing as having one, like being flip-floppy about it. But it's saying that you have this identity Right now, I identify with a lost soul, and then I, go, I take a step forward. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you have to, like, it's not losing yourself, right? It's taking the best parts of yourself. Finding that little bit of anything left mm -hmm. and just saying, okay, and then starting to collect the identity pieces. and then And then going to the values, almost like... The next step would be to, once you get to shelter and dry off a little bit, finding, finding maybe who has somebody who's doing what I'd like to do. Find a community of people doing the same thing or somebody one step ahead of you. Right, exactly. Just that one part, maybe just one person. Now with me going through, when I came out, when I came out of jail and I, and I had, and that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I was standing in my kitchen, like, okay, I was just in there for 60 days. It was safe and comfortable. I had my needs met. Now I'm back here in the world and I'm back in my own house. So I think that it's all about, it's the, 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 basic, the basic fundamentals of need, you know, safety, shelter, security. And, and, and even if you have that, you can have it physically, but not have it emotionally. For me to love myself, it took, it, it came on all of a sudden by going through these steps, just put, putting one foot in front of another. It's kind of like, I always say, you got to jump in the pool and then you learn how to swim. You, you can't say, well, I'm not going to do xyz if i don't think i'm going to get abc out of it so, it's not like yeah. that you just start going mm -hmm. and then you see and sometimes you can't see more than the step right i didn't i couldn't see more than the step in front of me i i could not imagine my life so what i was saying was the day the day that i had to start over you know i can talk so long about these things, but the day, I, the day, the physical day that I start over and I came and I stood in my kitchen and I felt like that, 
that wet drowned person in the middle of a rainstorm with nothing left. Now I had, had my mom, my dogs, but I didn't have my dignity. I didn't have my reputation or I had a reputation, but it wasn't the one I wanted. I didn't know who to reach out to. I only had what I knew from the jail for the, last, the previous 60 days. I felt a connection there. So that being taken away from me where I was safe and secure there, then I, I was back in the world in my own kitchen and I knew I couldn't drink alcohol. And as soon as I walked in and I didn't see the cup there that I always had on the corner and I just kind of stood in the middle of the kitchen and I went, looked around literally and said, now what? Yeah, because what do you do? What's the first thing you're going to do? Like drink, right? So I was can't. like, seriously, like, yeah so how do you go from like i talk about this a lot but how do you go from hopeless to hopeful how do you do that journey i personally i had to consider the consequences where was i how low did i want to go did i want to go any lower than i went what are the consequences am i going to lose my entire um what i worked for if i drink i will lose my license to practice and that was the only thing I had left. I didn't have anything but that. So I knew I just had to cling to the consequence that if I do this, I risk that this was bad enough. Am I willing to go any further? And I had to say no. I had to conscientiously say, do not go any further. And where do you go? Go to down the street. There's a meeting down the street. Go down there. So I went, um, I knew that there was, I mean, the, the beauty of social media right now for anybody listening, if they don't know where to go for support in anything at all, you can just Google it. It could be anonymous support, but there's always going to be someone that's going through it. Now I happen to know I went there by myself and I happened to see people I recognized from the neighborhood, which was weird. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, well, my dignity's pretty much wiped out. I didn't, my reputation's shot. I didn't, I'm like, you know what? This is my self-care time. I was told that right now I have to be selfish because I need to heal. And I, I ended up taking that to heart. I ended up being able to believe in that. And that I think is hard for a lot of people to understand because the giving and the, the addiction is a lot of codependency and they get tangled up in relationships where they're giving, 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 and they feel like they're not taking. However, they're giving in order to get and, and we're giving, but not, we're not getting. Mm. So now it's time to recognize that there is a void here in our soul that we need to, to fill. Yeah. So and you probably, and you lose your, or you don't want to be around the same people, right? Because it's the same habits. So right. you lose, you lose all your connections too, right? So that right. driving by the places where I used to hang out and I found that connection, be it now false connections, mm. um, people that weren't there for me. Nobody asked where I was or how I was doing while I was away. There were no messages about where, where have you been or how are you? I heard this. Nobody said a word. So it made me just feel really strange. I was, I am 
because of the way I grew up, I a very resilient person and I'm glad I grew up having to survive without a whole lot of guidance. I had safety, but I didn't have guidance and I didn't have the lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey. I had the, you want that? Do it yourself, you know? Okay, great. Go figure it out. So I had to rely on yourself. Growing up, I had to rely on myself. So that is the best thing. My mom still apologizes for how she raised me and I'm still telling her, mom, you did the best job. Helped prepare you for what was coming. Exactly, because I wouldn't have it any other way. So because of that resiliency and that self-reliance, I was able to kind of pick it up, put my boots on and trudge forward and use my resources. So I found some people that I recognized in the room, um, in the meeting room up the street. And I started to just kind of hang out with a couple of different people. It was two people. Mm -hmm. And they were men that I had known and it was safe. It was a safe male, female environment. So that's another thing, you know, I just, I, I'm real careful to let not be preyed upon. I'm very, I'm, I'm not that girl. So it was a real good time where I just kind of just listened to what they said and just dove right in. And it's interesting because when you find people that have gone through, like you said, you went in and you recognize some people, right? When you go in and, you know, you find that community of people that normally you wouldn't have made friends outside of that space, right? But it's like an instant connection, no matter what it is that you, you, um, that you have that's similar, it's like you don't, need, you don't feel the need to explain yourself. So sometimes those relationships become such deep friendships right from the get-go because it's like past, you know, just forget about the small talk and let's just, you know, and if you want to be quiet, you're quiet, right? So I think that's amazing. I don't know if you've ever, if you, during your journey, if you were ever one of those people who said, you know, why is this happening to me? Why me? And if you were, I was just curious for the people that are listening, how do you go from why me? And, you know, what if this doesn't happen? Or what, you know, what if I don't get that job? Or what if I can't find my new identity to being what if and changing it into a positive? What if th these are the best years coming up in my life? What if I just took, took charge, you know, took charge of my decisions? What if I just took a risk and just sparked up a conversation with a guy in a bar, you know? What if... That's a good point because like I said earlier, we want to know what the result is. That's when I say you got to jump in and then learn how to swim. Um, there's this Facebook saying, there's a little girl with wings and she's standing on the edge and she says, but mommy, what if I fall? And, and she says, but honey, what if you fly? Mm, so true, eh? And so that's one thing. And the other thing I was going to say is when you said, um, how do I go from why me? Yes, to what if? Well, there's a saying that says, why not me? Exactly. Why not me? Why not me? Why not me? Why can't that happen for me? Why not me? If it can happen for you, why not me too? So it's almost like you have to believe that first and then go forward because it's so hard to sit there and think, 
you get back into what I call the critter brain, the safety brain, the comfort zone brain. It's like, oh, that just looks so hard. I don't want it. It doesn't work out. Is being positive when you've got nothing, no reserve. And all I can say to somebody that's in that position is anybody that's ever done this did it the same way. We do it the same way. There's no secret pill. There's no secret sauce. There's no Houdini. There's no magician. It's all the same way. It's one step at a time. It sounds so cliche and I wish it was an easier way, but mm -hmm. we all know like where I'm at now, I never would imagine. I just didn't have any expectations. I think I said, I'm just going to go through this and get through this. Mm -hmm. And as I'm get, going through this and getting through this, I'm accumulating knowledge. I'm accumulating experience. I'm accumulating uh, people and things are starting to change and rattle and make sense. Mm -hmm. And it was just the fact that I didn't stop. I did not give up. I didn't stay in bed that day. I didn't pull the cover over my head. There and was thank no goodness, problem. you know, thank goodness that you didn't, you know, yeah. and, and and sometimes we do, but it, it's just like a diet. You just start it again the next day. People sometimes think, you know, they try it for a couple of weeks and then they get more depressed and then they try it for a couple more weeks and then they have a couple of good weeks. You know, this stuff takes years. Yes. It doesn't just take, you know, and I agree with you, baby step, but everybody's steps are going to be different. One thing I do know is you can't go from step one to step five without doing two, three, and four. Yeah. And that's where the, I... You know, I sabotage myself all the time trying to jump ahead. It could be in my business. It could be in anything. It could be in putting together a grill. We have to put one step at a time. You got to go A, B, C, one, two, three. There's no, there's no shortcuts. <laughs> we just want to get there. No <laughs> I just wrote about today. I said, you know, we have this wide path that's winding. The offshoots are not shortcuts. They're places where we learn and we experience, you know, that, and we end up back on the path. So there aren't, there aren't any shortcuts, but there's one way to go and that's forward and up. Natalie, Joe, what, for people that are listening and perhaps are suffering with either a loss or a big change in their life, or just something that's turned them around, like done a 360. And so a lot of things are questionable. A lot of things are um, not as secure as maybe they once were. How does somebody go from not loving themselves and not feeling like they're worthy enough to love themselves to starting and taking that first step? Because it's hard. When you feel that, you know, there's nowhere to go but stay still or go down, it's very hard to find what that one step is for you because it might be something different for everybody. Right. So I always have a very hard time with that because it's just so different for different people. What in your case, what was that one thing? If, if it was one thing that had you that you thought of, like, I know you said you changed the negative. Why not me? You know, but some people aren't even there. They're not even at that part yet. It's so hard because when I felt that I didn't love myself, it wasn't until, and we were talking about this earlier, it wasn't until I randomly helped somebody and didn't even do it intentionally that I'm like, hey, that feels good. 
you know? And then that's what it takes, I think. Yeah. It's that thing you're not looking for, hmm. being open. And all of the things that we say sound like mountains, <laughs> mountains to move. Yeah. And I, what turned, what you asked me what happened for me was I sat, I sat in those rooms for quite some time before I finally spoke up and gave a little bit of a comment. And it was well accepted. And I think, you know, we all have our different love languages. And one of, one of my love languages, my love languages is validation for sure. It's kind of like, if I want to do something, I, I, in order for me to feel like it was okay, I have to have some sort of validation. Now working on getting that validation from myself is, is key. But at the time it was kind of like, oh, like you said, when you help that person inadvertently and it felt really good, that's kind of how it felt for me when I gave a comment and it was well-received. Mm. It was kind of like, oh, oh. And all of a sudden I was in this room that I didn't want to be in. I didn't belong. I still didn't believe I, I was one of them. And something just bubbled up inside me. And my, you know, I'm going to say God, God said, speak. I didn't, and I, and I did, and it was like a release one. I immediately felt like I belonged and it helped me right then. It was like a pow. Yes. And it that's something that veil. Yeah. That's something you mentioned in the first episode that we recorded together. You had said that, um, God got busy in your heart and your soul. He sure did. And he still is. And I'm grateful. Um, I think finding, Finding that connection is important, higher being or something greater than myself, because I think it's just important to have that on, on my side. You know, you can't do it alone. No, no. I also want to bring up too is, you know, getting started, getting started and being, I see here I am. This is the, the self-protective person in me is, you know, Getting started and going to a group, whatever kind of group you might be in, whether it's a grieving group or if it's a church group or a um, an AA or an an, an Al-Anon, some some type of support system that's available out there. You don't have to feel, or you don't have to. You're not signing up for anything, right? Going in, mm. you're gonna be welcome. I think that's the hardest thing. Is so people are so petrified of saying something wrong or looking looking bad, and um, but we're all there for the same reason. It it's hard to say. Oh, you know, you're welcome there, and you can walk in and not say a word and sit down and absorb. It's just doing that the first time is probably the hardest. And if you can grab somebody to take along with you, if there's anybody that's in your circle that can support and go along, that's very welcomed in any support system. They welcome supportive people that go with you. You don't have to go by yourself. Um, that I think is, it's a first step. It's finding like-minded people. Whether you think, whether you don't believe you're like-minded, you don't have to compare yourself to them. You just relate. Listen to their story. Because it took me a long time of 
listening to the stories over and over before I realized that, you know, I am a lot like that. What made the total curve for me was um, deciding to do continuing education. And after, after my self-care year, going on to the coaching mm-hmm. and adding that to my... I love that you're helping people now. And the one thing that I found was so important is people that come out of addiction of one substance get onto something different, whether it be food or cigarettes, something that's usually not healthy. I look around and I see people that just look so unhealthy and miserable. And they're still miserable, even though they've been going to meetings and they have friends and they go here and they go, they're still so miserable. And that is where I feel like I'm doing my personal work is reaching that person that's already decided that they know they made a life change, but yet I was called like, okay, so I'm dried out, but I'm still me. I still have these mm-hmm. things, something's still missing here mm-hmm. and I have to find out what it is. And when you said, what do you tell that person that just is so lost and that they're, that they're enough? It's like give permission. You have permission to, you are enough. And it takes a lot of time to hear that over and over again to understand it. I think we're all individual and we're all, we're all unique. And that I learned after a while. It took me a long time to learn that I was unique, that I was enough, that I count. And you're and worth it. That I have my story and so do you. You know, your story is just as important as mine. People are shy. People are really shy. And I think people that are shy, they, I feel like they lose out in a way. They, is it shyness you think, or is it ashamed? I don't know. I think a lot of people are shy and maybe we can get into the shame and vulnerability conversation, but some people might be ashamed too. Like, I can't believe I did that. Like nobody's as bad as me, but you tell, I'll tell you what, you listen to enough stories, you're not going to be as bad. You, I promise anybody listening, you're not as bad as you think you are. <laughs> you're really not. We all have I'm challenges. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, honey, but there's people out there that have, are, have done way, way worse and they're doing just fine today mm-hmm. because they reached out they got the support. They started to believe that they were enough and started going the direction that they really wanted to go. And this is earth. This is our planet. We, we are here for a short time. We're not here for mm-hmm. a long time. We're here for, we're here for the right time. Yes, and, absolutely. And it's time to, to understand, especially now that everyone's got a gift and we can't be selfish and keep our gift to ourselves. Once we get it, Okay, so once we get healed, once we're on the journey, once we're helping others, it's time to give back. And that's what's so important about what you're doing. And I love it because it was, it, was, it was exactly this type of venue, this kind of medium that helped me. You know, I could sit and listen to podcasts. I think people now find podcasts, find YouTube, find there's so much to listen to that's uplifting and positive to go in the direction you want to go. And that's exactly what helped me. It's just over and over again. It was for me too. I heard I was down, really down one day and it was a podcast and I wish I could remember the name of it. And I've said this before, but 
And I said, you know, that's exactly how I feel. Like nobody's said it quite in that way, you know? And then I went to like a CBT group. So I was struggling with my anxiety and everything and signed up for, for some classes and was terrified. What is this going to be like? Are people going to laugh at me? What am I going to wear? Should I be really early? And then no, because then people will want to talk to me. Are these people as crazy as I am? Like I was terrified, right? After five minutes of walking in, I'm like, these are my people. And if you saw any one of them at the store, they wouldn't look weird. No. And it's like, they get me. They know me. And we may have been complete. We have completely different lives, except for this one thing that connects us. It doesn't mean that I'm just like, we're so similar. No, there were people that were completely different than I was, you know, but you have that one connected thing that brought you there. And it, it does make you feel like you have strength, like power in numbers, like you're all there to learn. And as soon as you can get over the struggle of, oh, I'm never going to change. My life is always going to be horrible. This is never going to change. I'll never find somebody who understands. As soon as you get that feeling of belonging, things change so much. But you have to be willing to try that first five minutes. You have to, because otherwise nobody can make you do it. It's like what you were saying. I loved what you were saying about how some people, you know, they haven't had a drink for a very long time but they're still unhappy, but maybe they haven't worked on the one thing that created the problem. Cause the problem is not the drinking. The problem is what, what's behind right. it. So the drinking is a solution, like a drug or food or gamble or reaction. That's, that's our solution. The solution to cover up whatever the problem is. So now, and you know, I work with people that are diabetic that are, you know, have anxiety issues and, problems wrapped around food, money, whatever it is, it's always something. And the, the, the concepts are the same. Mm -hmm. It's being honest with yourself. One, you got to be honest with yourself about what that you're powerless over, whatever this is and finding support, mm -hmm. getting the right accountability and following some steps through that, the will to want to feel better is accumulative. So mm -hmm. once you have that first experience, that first light bulb, that's when it's kind of, there's your, there's your momentum. Yes. And then it starts to grow on that. It becomes easier yeah. as you go, right? A little bit. It does. It does. It does get a lot easier. It's just getting that first little aha. You know, uh -huh. I that, yeah. you belong here. Aha, uh -huh. I related with what he said, or uh -huh, I'm not alone. Yeah, because, you know, being alone yeah. is a horrible thing. Like, you can never move forward if you're feeling alone, right? See, I think the steps that you mentioned so far are amazing. Like, the support and the accountability and, and just finding a community and, and everything, giving yourself permission to do it. I also think it's really, really important to not always believe everything people say, you know, because you can be labeled, oh, she's just a drunk or, oh, she's just, you know, she's crazy. She's got bipolar. Like, you know, try not to, don't label yourself. Don't label other people. Don't put these negative stories in your head because that is not going to help you, you know? So sometimes, yes, listen to what people are telling you. 
but be selective. You know, if people are not, if they're enabling you and not helping you find other people, I think that's that was that's, my point earlier when I said, you know, the person starting off and just um, going in with a bit of caution because all of those, just because they're in the room and I don't want to discourage anybody, but going in with some caution, I think that's where I said that I went on the tangent about the resiliency and how I was raised because I have that, I have that, that radar, that, that safety radar. Mm. And it's almost like going in with protection a jacket on. Mm. Yes. And being cautious. And, and that's and different than being afraid. Getting, get it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Be cautious. Be aware. Be alert and get a buddy. Mm. I mean, I think the buddy is the most important thing in that, in that scenario. <laughs> so you get a buddy and it, even if, if your buddy's not there for the same reason you are, but then you find a buddy in the room, somebody that can, that can show you the ropes and kind of go along with you. Yeah. And if you don't find them the first time, keep looking, or maybe they'll find you in there, you know, it's real easy. I mean, if, if we're talking about going into this, um, taking that first step, then, then getting to where you're starting to feel better about yourself. Like I said, you want to take that first step and it, it accumulates. Then that's where I look into people. Now, how I help is, is getting people to start taking care of themselves, their mind and body mm. through nutrition. And that's where I felt like I utilized my coaching the best. Yeah, I'm a nurse practitioner and I do work with people in the clinic setting and I'll, I'll call people out on bad habits and discuss them with them. People will open up to me about a lot of different things. So I'm able to really give back and help them try to find their first step and not tell them what the first step is. Mm. Let them find their first step. Because it's going to be different for each person. But I think once you get <clears throat> going in a certain direction, taking care of our body is the important part. And then that takes care of our mind. Mm -hmm. It kind of works in a state. Getting enough sleep. Well. All those things to help. Eating, eating good food is huge for the mental. Getting enough movement. Because people that are really down just don't, their self-care goes right out the window. You know, we don't eat right. We don't sleep good. We don't exercise. We barely move around. So once once you get that sparkle, it hopefully... Ignites. You know, I, hit the, I hit the ground running in a way. Once it happened, it's like... Phew, it ignites um, everything, right? Yeah. It's like it just um, burns everything on. I, I found the right group of people. I'm like, I'm changing my diet. Here, I always thought I was a healthy eater, but I could do better. And now I'm going to start moving more. And then, um, you know, learning, 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 and just love it. Getting in there was what saved me, the continued education. And, you know, I love that. I love that. Because the physical and the spiritual, if it, if you don't have that, even to just believe in something more powerful, you don't have to be necessarily religious, but something bigger, you know, the possibility, right? It right. can change your mindset so much. And, you know, I'm not gonna, just for people that are listening too. I know, um, I just want to make it clear too, there is, you know, 
go and see your doctor. Like if you're really struggling, there is a place for medication too, you know, like do as much as you can on your own. Um, try to be as healthy as you can try to change your thoughts from negative to positive, but sometimes there's place for medication and that's okay as well. If you need to, you know, for not sure. to be ashamed and not to be embarrassed and whatever it takes to get you where you need to go, whatever it takes. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, give yourself the same advice you would give your best friend, because I think we do, we do give more, you know, we give better advice than what we do for ourselves. We sure do. And that is one thing that is a good question for anybody that, anybody's talking to that might need maybe someone's listening here that's worried about somebody that they love and and that's a good question how would you help somebody in your situation or where would you ask you know suggest what they go or, or what they would do is a real good thought provoker mm. and I think that just being being that support person, if the support person is the one listening. Yes, I love that. Thank you. To, um, yeah, meet the people where they're at to ask if you don't know. Yeah, don't assume. Mistakes. Yeah, don't assume. We make so many assumptions. Yeah, sorry. We make so many. We're talking the same time. We're, like the, we're on the same wave. I know, right? It's, it's like, because sometimes people, well, if it was me, I would do this but it's not you. You have to know the person enough to do it the way that they need to do it. And we have to be mature enough to understand how to do that. Now that's another thing. I mean, I had so many character defects and I'm just still working on them. And we all do, forever, honey. <laughs> it's a forever working on thing, but I would get to where I thought I knew better for everybody. And it, it was awful. And I know a lot of people like that. It's funny because when I started working on it myself, I noticed the people that do it. And now I can, a lot of us, <laughs> I can stop and ask them the question. And we do fall into those assumptions because we care. I think we've, we feel so much for that person that we, we know, we feel, we know what they feel because we feel mm. for them. It's true. But however, yes. that, and you that, just want to jump in and help, right? So you do what you know, but it's not necessarily what they need. So sometimes just asking it's hard to, it's hard to do that. It's hard to ask. It's hard to know to ask, but I think that's the important thing is to ask what, what can I do for you today? Or how can I serve you? And that's, I love and that. listen and then wait and listen. Yeah. And be genuine about being there. You know, don't just ask how they're doing and then walk away before you hear the answer. Like if you're going to jump in then jump in, if you're not, you're just going to make it worse. If you're not committed, then, you know. And again, if, if, if the listener is a resource person, there's so many resources and, and, and people are going to do it when they're ready. That was the hardest part for my family was they knew I was lucky enough that I didn't have anybody really harping on me because they knew they knew that they, I knew they cared about me. I knew my mom prayed, but constantly being, what's the word, telling somebody what to do or calling them out on who they are, labeling them something because you just, you, 
I'll use an example. You're a drunk or you're an alcoholic. You need help. You need to go to AA. That's not going to help anybody. It's just going to make you want to drink more. It's not going to help anybody <laughs> yelling at them or telling somebody that they need to quit eating or stop gambling. You've wasted all their money. Any of those things. Um, there's a lot of resources that can help somebody with the dialogue to, mm. uh, to so you know, the proper dialogue to possibly get underneath that, that thick skin and go in the right direction. And nobody has to do it on their own, whether you're the person struggling with the issue or the person helping. Mm. So I think a lot of it has, I think a lot of what we do has to be geared towards also the caregiver, the person that cares. Yeah, because if you're in that place, you may not realize that you need the help. Like you said, you're not in that place to get the help yet. So if you're mm -hmm. somebody who's caregiving or a friend and you're, I love that because, you know, learn about how you can start the conversation so that they can become ready rather than, you know, drilling at home and yeah, just be open and not judgmental. Needs, the support person needs the support the most. And a lot of times went until that person's ready. So we can't forget about them. And that's why they have these groups. They don't just have, um, you know, Al-Anon. They have groups for um, kids with alcoholic parents. They have groups with, you know, for caregivers of Alzheimer's patients. They have, you know, it's because everybody has their battles within that circle, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it becomes... Well, my sister's the one with all the problems, so all the attention goes to her, and then that person feels left out for their life. Sometimes it's that, you know? Sometimes there could be two siblings, and one um, seems to get in trouble all the time and gets more attention at school, and the other one feels forgotten. Like, it's there's a group for everything, <laughs> honestly. Say, there like there's, there's something for everyone out there, you're saying, right? Yes. You're saying there's a chance for everyone. Yes. It's how do we find it? How do we become willing? How do we become open? And how do we become patient with ourselves? Those are all the mysteries. And I just have to promise that it takes just starting. Keeping the eye on the goal, the end result of what you want and keep that in mind. It's just like when you start a business, you can't forget why are you doing this? You know, if you always remember why or, you right. know, starting with what, right, exactly. I think, well, well, I'm so far away from loving myself, but I would love to know what that feels like. So every day that I do the things I need to do, that I go through those steps that you mentioned is another day closer and closer, you know, and just commit to yourself that one day you are going to know what that feels like, even if it's a year from now, you know, even if it's three months from now and you take the time every day to do something for yourself. Being open, hmm. reading small little sayings, being open to small miracles that come from watching a butterfly or seeing a flower or looking at a kid and a puppy. I don't know. Those are small miracles that I think just every little thing that allows itself to shine in hmm. is a good thing. And I love being around the innocence of children. They just bring something, you know, they bring something back. If we could just remember how free we felt as kids, we wouldn't be so hard on ourselves now, you know, enjoy, just pretend you're back there. You know, even if it's, you don't have to do it and be silly in front of other people if you don't want to, <laughs> but you know, just go somewhere and 
blow some bubbles. <laughs> you know, just, it's true. Go fly a kite somewhere. Go do something that. Blowing bubbles, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. So self-care is the way to give. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't give back. Exactly. That's the bottom line. We're all here for each other. One way, one way, shape, or form. Like you're, you're in a different country than me. And look, it. <laughs> we're here for each other. I've, you know, met people all over the world, and that have helped me through my journey. Amazing. Just, you just never know. So being open to learning, listening to new perspectives, right? Like just new. and just understanding what you might believe at one time, it's okay to change that. Our belief systems sometimes stop us from growing. We have to find out why do we believe that versus that. Wait, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> Ask the right questions. Yeah, I think asking the right questions is key. Any of those steps you mentioned, Natalie Joe, is movement. So the one thing you shouldn't do is just stay still and let people help. Don't be on this journey on your own because sometimes we're like, no, we can do it. Otherwise we feel weak and no, it's not like that at all. That's just rubbish, right? To end on a blue, the note where I, I thrive in my, um, my career and health and wellness and, and thriving, there's the places called the blue zones. Have you ever heard of those? Where people, there's about five of them in the world and people tend to live to, to the most concentrated areas of people that live to be a hundred or more. Oh, okay. And why? The reason why they live to be a hundred and healthy, not just a hundred and laying around in the bed, they're active, they're moving, they're still working. They have community, they have belonging, they work, to, they never stop. They yes. come together with family. They have support networks. Laughter. They eat, eat really good food. They eat a very healthy diet. They drink a little bit of wine. <laughs> and the biggest thing is, is they have community. And it's because of community that people thrive. Yes. We need each other. I don't care who you are. Yes. If, if even if you have a cat, see, you're not alone. So you can't <laughs> say... You can't say I can do it on my own because absolutely, it's just really not. They say isolation and loneliness is now the new, you know, heart disease, and it's killing people. And I don't mean just because of COVID isolation. I meant you know before COVID even. Even with all of loneliness, electronics, loneliness is the is the biggest thing that causes chronic disease. I can get into the physiology on that our wellness tour but we need community. We need steps, accountability. We need patience. Positivity, patience. We can't do it alone. And some fun. Period. Some laughter. And then it becomes fun <laughs> once you start seeing those light bulbs go off. So to it's end it. be fun. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It takes a minute to be fun, especially when you're crawling out of a deep, dark hole. Yes. So it takes a while. Yeah, exactly. To end this episode today, I want everybody to know what it feels like on the other side. So how do you feel now, Natalie Joe? 
I feel, first of all, there aren't really, I was thinking that the human language are, are, doesn't have words to describe some of these things. I would say peace. I want to say amazing, and that's just overrated. <laughs> this is not good enough. But no, I feel at peace, and I feel joy for other people, and that's just something I never knew. I wrote, a, I wrote today I wrote a, a blog, and I said, you know, I really, truly, honestly feel peace and joy, and those aren't just words on Christmas decorations anymore to me, mm. but for real. I grew up my whole life, I'm almost 50 in a couple weeks, and in the last three and a half years, I think I've covered more ground than I have. You know, I've caught up, I learned words like being humble and being patient, smiling. That's what it's like on the other side, having a smile be contagious and feel it and just go, yeah, I could have just, you know, I don't care who they are. I don't get mad in traffic anymore. I just pray for that person that's in a hurry. I think, please don't let them be, please let something happen for them that's good. Because they're frustrated. So I found that I find like I pray for strangers to mm. be at peace instead of being all before it was, oh, you know, fighting and arguing and calling them names in my head under my breath. And now I find it so much more peaceful because I think if I pray for them, there's something good to happen for them. That's going to affect everybody in their family. And then that's going to affect their friends. And it's just, it's cumulative. You, mm -hmm. you smile at one person. You don't know if they're going to go home and smile. They could change their whole entire, an entire household of people's day. And then they'll and go to work and then it'll change those people. Right. So that's what it's like for me. I was, I told you before, I was that hurt person that hurt people. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to be kind. And I mean, I was nice. People would say, oh, you're so sweet and you're so nice. But inside, no. But now, yes. So it's hard to, it's hard to admit that. Answer your question. I feel at peace. Mm. And I feel confident knowing that I don't have to hide anything. I feel good about being vulnerable because I could share my story to help the next person. Absolutely. I don't feel like I'm special or unique. I feel like I belong in this world and we all do. I have a whole new perspective to everybody that is on this planet with me that we're all here for a reason. I know that sounds weird, but we're all here at the same time. And we're just, we're meant to interact. For me too. I, for me, I feel instead of why me, it's like, yes, me, you know? Or I why feel not like, me? Yeah, or I feel light. Why not me? Like I've lost a few pounds, you know? I walk straighter. I, you know, I've made mistakes, but so what? Like, what's the worst that can happen? I learn something. <laughs> you know, or I do it again. <laughs> like, you know, I've learned to forgive myself, to trust myself, and to love myself, really. That's what this is about, right? And it doesn't, you know, loving yourself and feeling um, better than anybody are two completely different things. Yeah, a narcissist wouldn't be having this conversation. I think you love yourself. You're not, you're not in this group. I think those are special people that need some serious love. 
but don't feel like you you you'll be labeled if loving yourself is is definitely not a bad thing no you know they it can be coined as kind of a negative but it's not self-love is is how you expect to be treated by the world as well and i think as you get older i think you you tend to um analyze these things more as well but i love it because i'm seeing the new generation so confident and so um you know accepting of different things that we weren't really like in my generation like me and you're the same age and i love it like every generation i'm hoping will be more it's not you know it's not across across the board but generally no, i but feel like blended cultural blended communities blended. i grew up in a blended community so i was fortunate in that respect mm -hmm. um however i still had a fam you know different family members that weren't that didn't get raised in the same communities i did so but i do see like i think it's great that the red curly haired kid is like the cool kid now i when know i, was, I love it kid <laughs> the red curly hair now it's like that's a beautiful hair i love it and it's just love little it. things like that yeah yeah so I, awesome. I love that the new generation is learning that and maybe because we're analyzing it we're you know we're teaching them too right as we go so we're all just here to learn and and to be supportive for each other so thank you i appreciate you coming and, and giving us some guidance because you know, you've been through a lot and I wanted to know how you did it. How did you get out of, you know, why me to why not me? I love that. Thank you. Determination, I think is a big key. Yeah. I'm determined to not get fantastic. <laughs> determined to not go any further down. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nellia, for having me. You know, I, I really appreciate it because, you know, these things are not always the easiest things to talk about, but I know that because you're helping people, you want to share with everybody. So I really appreciate that. I know that you're um, very dedicated to helping other people and uh, guiding them to a better version of themselves with Move That Mountain. And I love yeah. you for that. And I, you know, I do, I'm giving a lean on Friday night. It's where you tell your story. It's pretty much, you know, the story to help the next person. So I, I do that in the community and like you said, you help one person and you're helping yourself. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.